0: anywhere else that I feel more alive than when I am in the house of God, than when I am surrounded by my brothers and my sisters in Jesus Christ. And let me say just very quickly, I know Austin was up here giving us a little pat on the back earlier, I could not do what I do without them. And so I am very, very thankful, and I will say that a lot. I will continue saying that a lot because the shepherd of the church, good shepherds are never alone. And so I'm very, very thankful for Austin, very, very thankful for Billy, and they're doing an excellent job, by the way. Amen. And so very, very thankful uh, for them. And all that they are doing. If you missed Sunday school this morning, you, you missed a, a blessing. I want to take just a moment and, and invite you. Uh, we are doing it very, very safely. Uh, Michael did a great job this morning in Sunday school. I, I may have given him too much power. I don't know. <laughs> oh, He got to stand up and walk around and teach and preach. And I thought, man, that's pretty good. All with a flannel shirt on. And uh, I was like, I'm overdressed this morning. But uh, Michael did a great job. We've got some really, really good Sunday school teachers. If, if you're not involved in Sunday school right now, and, and I know again, folks, we're trying to keep everybody safe. Uh, we're, we're moving classes around to make more room, and, and, and we'll continue to do that the more that come. But if you, if you want to come, I promise you, uh, we're going to do our best to keep you safe in those classes, and you're going to receive a real blessing from those. Uh, we've got some great teachers It's awesome to be in a small group setting, talking about the Bible, talking about the world, talking about what's going on in our lives, and I'm very, very thankful for our Sunday school class, very, very thankful for uh, Michael, very thankful for all of our Sunday school teachers and those that are doing that, and so thank you for that. Beverly, I I don't know if you're watching this morning or not, uh, but we are praying for you as well. Um, I know a lot of you all know that Gary had passed away. Uh, The funeral was this week, and, and my heart is burdened. Um, for her, you know, the Bible tells us when others suffer, when others grieve, we grieve with them. And, uh, my heart goes out to them. I I know this was a difficult loss, um, but I'm also thankful for the promises of Jesus. And so be praying for their family, the Ward family as well. Uh, we will continue praying for Tinley, the little girl that's been dealing with cancer for the last two years or so, um. My heart breaks for that family. Uh, continue to pray for healings. Continue to pray for strength for that family. Uh, I told someone earlier that many times we get down in this life and we have a lot of pity for ourselves. And I said, if you, you know, I said, sometimes we just need to be reminded that there are people going through things that, are wor- that may be harder than what we're going through. And uh, there are families that are struggling. And continue to pray for the ward family. Because I believe God can do a miracle. I believe in that. And I believe that through God all things are possible. So please be praying for them and praying for strength for them as well. Pray that you have your Bible with you this morning. I pray that you have your your sermon outline with you as we work through God's Word and God's sermon together. This is going to be a little difficult. I'm not going to lie to you. Uh, I've had an emotional week. We have those, don't we? This is going to be one of those sermons that you may see me get a little emotional. I may see you get a little emotional. I don't know. But I can tell you this, this is one of those sermons that you don't rush the church to hear. This is one of those sermons that sometimes we we have a difficulty digesting it. We have difficulty hearing it because you all know that over the last five to six weeks, we have been talking about some things. That brings fear into our lives, and this morning we're going to talk about another fear that many people are not talk or are very comfortable talking about, and that's the fear of what? That's the fear of death. Now, there's many reasons why people fear death. I think all of us know that. All of the. Adults in here, there are many reasons that people fear death. I'm going to give you a few this morning. Maybe you can relate to one of these. Some fear the pain associated with dying. Some fear that. Some fear the separation from loved ones that dying brings. Some fear the unknown associated with death. Some fear the loss of control. We don't have any control people out here, do we? Some people fear that. Some people fear that their lives have not been fulfilled or that their life was meaningless and so there's another fear associated with death. Matter of fact, did you even know that there's a phobia related to the fear of death and it's called thanatophobia, in which the fear of death affects people's everyday life. Now I realize that Talking about death, it brings a lot of emotions. It brings a lot of thoughts. But what if death was something that didn't have to be feared? Have you ever thought about that? What if I told you that death isn't the end of life? What if I told you that when our hearts stop in this fleshly body, that our eternity starts? What if I told you that through a relationship with Jesus, the Bible tells us that the fear of death is replaced with the promise that if we place our faith in Jesus as our Savior, we will never what? We'll never die. What if I told you you don't have to fear death because death isn't the end? What if I told you that after death, that there's a reward that's already being prepared Just for you. What if I told you these things? Let's read John chapter 14, verses 1 through 6 is where our scripture is coming from this morning. The Gospel of John chapter 14, verses 1 through 6. And many of us in the church have heard these verses quite often. But listen to these words. And I, I pray this morning these words encourage you and bring assurance to you. And bring strength to you. Listen to these are Jesus' words. Don't let your hearts be troubled, but do what? Believe, trust in God. Trust also in me. And listen to these assurances that Jesus the Father gives us. In my Father's house are many rooms. Now, the King James, I believe, says many mansions. Some say many dwelling places. If it were not so, I would have told you. And I'm going there to prepare a place. For who? For you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I'm going to come back and I'm going to take you to be with me that you also may be where I am. You know the way to the place where I'm going. But listen to the ocean. You ready? Verse 5, Thomas said to Jesus, Lord, we don't know where you're going, so how can we know the what? How can we know the way? And Jesus answered and he said, I am the way, and I am the truth, and I am the life, and no one comes to the Father except through me. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this day. It's a new day. Father, thank you for getting us out of bed. Thank you for the health that you blessed us with. Thank you, Lord, for life. Father, thank you that we can come together in freedom this morning with our church family and to worship you, dear God. Thank you for my brothers and my sisters that are in Christ here this morning. Father, I know that their families are hurting, individuals are hurting. Father, I know that there's joy that's missing and love and hope. And and, and Father, I pray right now that we just stop, that we look around and realize how blessed we are how thankful we should be that, Lord, you love us so much. Lord, that you don't leave us, that you provide for us, that you sustain us, that you fill us with your Holy Spirit. And, Father, I pray today the Holy Spirit's already working. I pray today, God, that he's already moving. I pray today, Lord, that the distractions of the week and the things in our mind going on after church this coming week, God, that we can put those aside and that, Lord, right now, for the next minutes, whatever it may bring, Father, I pray right now we focus solely on you and you alone. Father, death is a subject that many people are scared to death of. But, Father, we don't have to be because we can have victory. And so, Father, today encourage us, convict us, strengthen us, move us. For it's in the name of Jesus we pray. And all of God's people said, we said, Amen. Now, I want you to notice in John chapter 13, Jesus had a conversation with his disciples. And in John chapter 13, Jesus said these words. He said, My children, I will be with you only a little longer. He said, You'll look for me. And just as I told the Jews, so I tell you now where I am going, you cannot come. Well, this made Peter ask Jesus a question. Now, we know Peter, he just talked a lot, amen? Peter kind of had diarrhea of the mouth. A lot of times he thought, to, uh, he acted before he thought, basically. Let's put it that way. And so he, he looks at, at Jesus, and Peter says, Lord, where are you going? Isn't that what we want to know when the Father leaves? Isn't that the conversations many times when the children's at home and dad walks, goes somewhere, has something to do, and they say, Dad, where are you going? They want to know. They're inquisitive. And Jesus looks back at Peter and he says, Where I'm going, you can't follow me. But guess what? You'll be able to follow me later. You know, in many cases, we typically know when someone is going to pass away. We know these things because of the physical condition, because of the loss of health. I've been in the hospital rooms when families have gathered by the sides of loved ones and said their goodbyes, and believe me, it is an emotional time because God has created us to love one another. But in this case, Jesus was... Here And he was with the disciples, and Jesus was a a healthy Messiah. He was a healthy man, and he was speaking in terms that the disciples just couldn't comprehend. And even though they couldn't understand what Jesus was saying, Jesus understood that they were an emotional mess. Because Jesus said he was going to what? The Father said he was going to leave. And that at this moment they could not what? They could not follow. And so Jesus begins to explain to them the departure from this world is not something to be feared. But Jesus has a plan for us as we close these fleshly eyes. And it begins with number one in your sermon outline this morning. Are you ready? Place your what? Your trust. Place your trust in Jesus and not in what? And not in fear. Place your trust in Jesus and not in what? And not in fear. This group of men had been with Jesus from the very, very beginning of his ministry. And listen to me, they didn't just watch Jesus. They didn't just examine Jesus. They did not just walk behind Jesus. But these men experienced life with Jesus for over three years. And not to mention, they had given up everything that they had to follow Jesus. And His departure was not in their plan, believe me. They did not want the Father to depart. And so they're dealing with the emotions of the potential loss. They're dealing with the emotion of separation from the one that was just hours away from dying on a cross for their what? For their sins. And for whose sins? And for our sins. So when we lose someone that we love, when we, when we lose someone that is close to us, believe me, it never happens on our schedule, does it? It doesn't happen on our schedule. Michael was talking about this morning the loss of his dad. Just this past week, we've seen Gary Cox pass away and go on to heaven. But when people depart from this world, we, we don't have a schedule. We say, well, it's okay if you want to pass away on January twenty fifth, two 2024. That doesn't happen in our minds. Many times when people close to us are in their final days and in their final hours, our hearts become what? Our hearts become troubled. I know Billy just went through this. This is still new in their family and what they're dealing with and his mom. Our hearts become troubled. We become distressed. We we have a hard time focusing. We have a hard time working. We we don't eat and, and we don't sleep. And for many, death is the most dreaded event in what? In life. Many people question God. How many of you all have ever done that? Let's be honest. We've been there, haven't we? They can't understand why Jesus would want them to put their trust in Him, especially when there's an untimely death in one's family. You know, in my 12 years of of ministry, I've witnessed how death and the fear of death affect people. Church, listen to this. Because of death, I've seen people's hearts grow cold. Grow cold. Because of death, I've seen people turn away from God, and I've seen people turn away from the church. Because of death, I've seen people isolate themselves from others. I've even witnessed people letting death completely rule their lives in a way that they could not function properly moving forward. But church, listen to me. God made us with such a love for each other that it hurts when we lose someone because it feels like a piece of ourselves has been what? has been lost, has been taken. But church, I want to remind you, listen to me, if we don't place our faith in Jesus, then death is life's final blow. If we don't place our faith in Jesus, then death brings about a fear of the unknown and the fear of losing control. If we don't place our faith in Jesus, then death becomes the victory and death becomes one's God. But what happens... What happens, though, when we place our faith in Jesus? What happens when we say, Father, I am a believer. Father, I am a follower. Jesus, I believe and I have put my faith and my trust in You. Well, listen. Throughout the Bible, God's people have been instructed to believe and trust in God from Noah to Abraham to Isaac to Joseph to Moses to Joshua to David to Solomon to Isaiah to Jeremiah to Mary and Joseph to John the Baptist to Martha to the Samaritan woman at the well to Jesus' disciples to the crook on the cross and the apostle Paul. You're not alone. You're not alone. So what assurances does Jesus give to those? This is what we want to know, amen? This is what we trust in. What assurances does Jesus give to those who place their trust and faith in him that helps us overcome this fear of death? Well, here's what the Scripture says. Number two, you ready? Jesus is preparing a place, and there's a word left out in your outline, just for who? For you. Say that to yourself this morning. You don't have to say it out loud. You don't have to shout at your neighbor, although you could. Amen? I'd almost dance for you if you did that. What does it say? Jesus is preparing a place just for who? Just for you. And Jesus is speaking of heaven here to the disciples. He says, in my Father's house are many rooms, and I'm going there to prepare a place just for who? Just for you. And I want you to notice, Jesus is the one going there. Jesus is the one that's preparing a place for you. And the great news is we don't have to worry about space because the Bible says in my Father's house are many what? And many rooms. We won't even have to social distance. Amen? Praise Jesus. We won't even have to wear a mask. Thank the Lord. Amen? We're going to be getting rid of all of it. And here's the great thing. Check this out. You don't have to be a certain race. You don't have to earn a certain income. You don't have to have a certain credit score. All you need is a relationship with Jesus, and the preparation begins automatically. Automatically. And church, know this. Christ is the only one that knows when we're coming home. He's the only one that knows And listen to me this morning. I have done those funerals of people that have taken their lives because they felt like they were at the end of the rope. That's not God's plan for you. God has a plan to prosper you, God has a plan to bless you. And when you get to the end of that rope and you think that your life is not worth saving, Hear me. Yes, it is. You better believe it is. And this is why you need Jesus. This is why you need a church family. This is why you need to worship the Lord. Because those are the things that keep you where you need to be. He's above time. He's beyond time. And all we see is what? All we see is time. But for the Christian, the preparations are already being prepared. The Bible says for a great homecoming when we step out of this body and we enter into the presence of the Lord Jesus. And if you ever notice, you ever notice these things, you know, we can't wait to go on vacation. I love vacation, don't you? Now I don't always love the driving. But I love going on on vacation. You plan and you plan, you finally go, you're there for a while, and the last day approaches, and you have this sigh of relief, and you typically say, well, you know what, though? I'm ready to go what? I'm ready to go home. Let me ask you Christians this question this morning. Aren't you glad that Jesus is preparing a place for you? Aren't you glad to know that right now He's up there working? Just for you. And here's another assurance that Jesus gives those who trust in Him. Number three, Jesus is a promise what? He's a promise keeper. Amen? Jesus looks at the disciples and He says, I'm going to come back and take you to be with Me that also may be where I am. You know, many people believe that Jesus is referring to the rapture and we're not going to dive into eschatology this morning, but within this text, when Christ collects the church body before the great tribulation, and that's what they're talking about, I believe, and it very, very well may be the message here. But church, understand this. When we die, there's no middle ground. Are you with me? When you and I, when we pass from this lie, there is no middle ground. Now, our bodies may lay in this earth, but our spirit is immediately when Jesus, when we breathe our last what? When we breathe that last breath. Paul the apostle, he said, we're confident, I say, I would prefer to be away from the body and be at home with the who? With the Lord Jesus. If you were a disciple, I'm sure this promise made by Jesus, this, this was a relief to hear Because in this statement, Jesus makes some profound promises to the disciples and to us. See, when someone says they're coming back, when someone says that they're coming back, how many times have you ever dropped your child off at school? How many times have you ever dropped your child off at daycare and they're hugging you and they're squeezing on you and they're loving on you because they're a little bit apprehensive, right? They're a little bit scared. They're a little bit fear. And you look in those eyes and you tell them, I'll be what? I'll be back. What does that do for that child? Well, it brings comfort. Because dad's coming back. Mom's coming back. They get peace from that. And we find assurance from those things. You know, I've heard the stories from many people that say they saw an angel at the foot of the bed when someone was getting ready to pass away. I've heard those stories. I've heard stories of people who had a near-death experience saying that they saw a bright light. And I can't take away from others' experiences, but I can say this. In Acts chapter 8, as Stephen was being stoned to death, the Bible states that he looked up and he says, I see heaven open up and the Son of Man standing at the right hand of God. For some people, that that only promise of, uh, of death, you know what they have? For some people, the only promises of death that they have is a casket. For some people, the only promises of death they have is an urn. For some people, the only promises of death that they have is a financial expense. They have no hope. They have no joy. There's no expectation of any afterlife. But the Bible says, those in Jesus, Jesus promised you that you will be with Him forever. That as soon as you die and breathe your last breath, the Bible says you're going to be in the presence of the Creator. And for those that don't have Jesus, let me ask you this. What do you have to look forward to? What is there to look forward to? And then lastly, here's another assurance that Jesus gives to those who trust in him. you ready? Jesus is the only what? Jesus is the only path to heaven. Now, I must admit that I'm horrible with directions. If you don't believe me, you can ask my wife. She'll gladly tell you. I am one of those that that looks for landmarks and and signs instead of road signs and numbers. So when you come to me and you say, Brother Donnie, I live on 125 Bacon Creek Road over on the other side of Geetown, just forget it. (laughs) Just, Brother Donnie, I live over by Walmart, okay? Uh, I I live over by Central Hardin. I'm one of those. I I look for, for, for stuff and I can't read signs very well, but that's me. I like to take the scenic route. But have you ever been somewhere that you really enjoyed and you just couldn't wait to go back? Then one day someone says, hey, let's go. Let's go to to so-and-so. And And you say, hey, I know how to get there. Isn't it a great feeling that that you know the direction? Isn't it a great feeling that you can explain to someone, listen, I can tell you step-by-step how to get there. Thomas, one of the 12 disciples, he looked at Jesus, and he said, Lord, we don't know. He says, God, Father, God, we we, we don't know where you're going. And church, I don't have to tell you this, because we all know this. All of us in here right now that are adults, we all realize that our bodies are going to give up. Those Those days are coming. But not all of us realize that Jesus has overcome death. And he has left a path to which all people can overcome death. And he described this path with three words. And listen to me, these words were not just for Thomas. These words were not just for the disciples, not only to them, but this was to all of those who placed their faith. Because Jesus said this, I am the what? He says, I am the way. Acts 4, 12, the Bible says, salvation is found in no one what? In no one Else, for there is no other name under heaven to give unto man, which is how people are to be saved. The Bible is clear, it is crystal clear. Jesus is the only way to what? To heaven. He is the only way. There's no other loopholes, there's no other gods, there's no other deals that you can make. You can't even put it on layaway. There is no other way that you can get into heaven. And I know there are people preaching it. I know there are people teaching it. I know that there are people out there that that are going through towns and cities and states and countries and teaching. There are multiple ways to get into heaven. And hear me, church, I'm going to give you the truth. Are you ready? There's only one way, and it's through Jesus. And if they're teaching another way, it's heretical. It's not the truth of God. It's not the truth of the Word. It's not the truth, period. And you say, Well, Brother Donnie, how do you say that? That's just you. No, it's not. It's the Bible. It's the Bible. I have something to stand on. I have a cornerstone of my faith in God's Word through a relationship with Jesus Christ. So when somebody says, what do you think about this? Listen to me, church. It really doesn't matter what I think. What matters is what God says. This is what matters. This is absolute. And when man's Word differs from God's Word, always go with God's what? With God's Word. See, your entrance into heaven was purchased by the blood of Jesus. It was purchased for you. And the Bible says that you're sealed with the Holy Spirit. If you want assurance that you're going to spend eternity in heaven, then guess what? It ends and begins with Jesus. And then Jesus said, I am the what? I'm the truth. So he says, I'm the way, and now he says, I'm the truth. Look how he puts this together. When Christ says He loves us, He loves us. Amen. When Jesus said, I care for you, He cares for us. Amen. When Jesus said that I will never leave you, I will never forsake you, guess what? He's, that's who Jesus is. So when He says that He's going to return for us, listen to what John 1, 14 says. The Word became flesh and dwelt among us. We've seen His glory and the glory of one and only who came from the Father. And He was full of grace and He was full of what? Truth. He never lies. He never misleads you. He's never going to lead you astray. I'm the truth. And then look with this last one that he says. Jesus says, "I am the what? I'm the life john eleven twenty five Jesus said to her, he said, "I'm the resurrection and the life." He said He who believes in me will live even though he dies, and whoever lives and believes in me will never what? He will never die. Dwight Moody once said, and I've used this quote in several funerals that I have officiated. Dwight Moody once said, he says, Someday you're going to read in the papers that D.L. Moody of East Northfield is dead. Don't believe a word of it. At that moment, I shall be more alive than I am now. I have gone up higher that is all out of this old clay tenement and to a house that is immortal, a body that death cannot touch, that sin cannot taint, a body fashioned like unto his glorious body. That's what Dwight Moody said. Church, let me ask you. You ready for this? Do you fear death? Or do you have a comfort knowing that if you've placed your trust in Jesus, you're never going to die. And for those in Christ, death will not have victory. Amen? Death will not be a finality. Death will not be a reflection of a life that was meaningless. But for the Christian, death means eternity with the Creator where there are no more tears, where there are no more pain, where there's no more sorrow. I don't know about you, but that sounds pretty heavenly. That sounds pretty heavenly, doesn't it? I love the song that kind of goes this way. You ready? It says, Waymaker, Miracle Worker, Promise Keeper. That is who you are. That's who you are. Some of you this morning have been dealing with this fear. Some of you this morning have been. Dealing with mistrust. Some of you this morning, maybe you're here, and this very situation is what's been holding you back in your walk with Jesus, your commitment to Jesus. Maybe there's some of you here, your hearts have grown cold because of things that have happened. We don't have to fear. Amen. Because we know that there's something better coming. We know that Jesus loves us so much that he didn't leave us. He didn't forsake us. But he's preparing something far greater than our eyes have ever what? Than our eyes have ever seen. I pray that you have that this morning. I pray that when you walk out this door this morning and the back of your mind and your heart, you know that you're saved, that you know that you're sealed, and that no matter what comes your way, you're going to win. I left church. I guess it was Thursday afternoon after the visitation hours. I I left to go get a, was going to Sonora to get a haircut. As soon as I turned on the bypass down here, I saw a horrible wreck. And I called my wife. I said, Clint, I said, somebody has died. And sure enough, it was a mother and a father that had passed away. In that moment, I just thought to myself, I said, Lord, I said, this is how quick it can end. I said, Th- that, that, that mother and father never got up today thinking, you know what, We're, this is going to be our last day. They never got up thinking that they never see their children after that day, and then you know, sometimes God does things to open up your heart and open up your eyes. And church, listen to me. You can't live this life with a hard heart. You cannot live in this life without joy, without love and without comfort. And if you're missing that this morning, I pray you come and pray. I pray that you come and rededicate your life back to Jesus. I pray if you don't have a relationship with Jesus, that you'll quit running in fear. Or maybe this morning you just want to come and pray and say, Father, thank you for your assurances. Thank you for heaven. Lord, thank you that I know that, that, that there's something coming for me that's, that's greater than I can ever imagine." And it's not because of what I've done. Father, it's because of what you've done. So this morning, I pray if the Holy Spirit's knocking on your heart, and I know he is. I pray this morning you come, and you pray, and you give it to God before you go out these doors. Billy, will you come this morning as we get ready to sing? Let's pray real quickly. Father, I pray this morning that you're already moving. Father, I pray this morning that hearts have already been opened and minds, Father God, are becoming more and more clear. Lord, we have assurance of heaven. We have assurance of your love. And Lord, I pray this morning, move in a great way. Move in a way that will bring glory unto you. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Would you stand this morning?